Welcome to the Blue Ocean Advent Podcast. This is Emily, and I'll be your guide today. We'll start by getting situated so that we're comfortable. Take a few deep breaths deep into your body. Slow your mind down. I'll read a variation of a prayer of St. Patrick to help us shift our focus. I breathe in peace as I stand today, calling on the source, the wellspring, and the living water, believing in the threeness, witnessing the oneness, on my way to meet you face to face. Now we'll spend about a minute using part of this prayer as a breath prayer as we do every day. On the in-breath, I breathe in peace, and on the out-breath, as I stand today, I breathe in peace as I stand today. Go ahead. Now we'll move on to our petitionary prayer. Today we'll pray that God's peace will rest on immigrants, both documented and undocumented, and people who are petitioning our country for asylum. So let's take about 30 seconds of silence to pray that God's peace will rest on people. Go ahead. Next, we'll have our story from our Advent book, All Creation Waits, written by Gail Boss and illustrated by David Klein. Today's story is about the raccoon. Walking at dawn one summer morning, I watched a mother raccoon lead her two kits along the edge of a little stream. The kits dawdled. The mother chittered at them with what sounded like annoyance. She'd had them up and out since sunset, showing them where the fat blackberries and mulberries grow how to listen for earthworms underground and dig them up, how to use their nimble fingers to turn over rocks in the stream and nab the quick crayfish beneath. Probably she was tired. Probably her belly was full. And on the path to their sleeping den, the kids were lollygagging. Every night from late spring through the fall, she took them on the scavenger hunt, showing them the hundreds of things the world supplies a raccoon to eat even french fries and chocolate cake, though enjoying these sometimes means solving the locks and lids of garbage bins. 
Raccoons may well be Earth's most easy-to-please eaters. When they sense the harsh season coming, they choose from their long menu foods that will add quick pounds. Their bodies deposit the new fat along their backs and bottoms. Their tails, too, become dense tubes of fat. And along with their flesh, their fur grows thicker. All this so that when the wind blows cold, they can tuck in their heads and fold their forebodies beneath the fat blankets of their backsides, then wrap their bald selves with a heavy band of tail to become self-insulating fur bundles. In summer, the mother raccoon beds her kits down in any protected niche they find near the end of a night's trek. In winter, she's more strategic. She tucks them into a snug place that will hold close any body heat escaping from their fur bundles. A tree hollow is nice, but a woodchuck den, complete with a deep sleeping woodchuck, none the wiser, or a chimney will do. As they do with food, raccoons improvise. They adapt. They make the most of whatever a place and time present. The stream still trickles, but no raccoon has walked through the snow beside it. Probably the mother is inside one of the big trees nearby, curled tight, with the two smaller furball kits rolled in close. Cousins may have joined them as extra space heaters. While temperatures lag below freezing, they're content to sleep day and night, even if the cold lasts for weeks. But they sleep no more soundly than I. A sharp rap on their tree's trunk or a dog's bark could snap them awake. Sleeping lightly, they're alert to predators, but alertness has its price. They burn through their fat blankets faster than hibernators. So when warm air wafts into their tree hollow, the raccoon family rouses for a night out. On a warm night, they won't burn as much fat going out to forage, and the food they will find will add padding to their thinning backsides. At dark, they ease head first down the trunk to the ground. The snow cover makes for slim pickings, but pick they will with their clever fingers and dig and sniff and listen, willing to take and eat whatever the cold, dark world offers. So in the story, the author talks about how the raccoon forages for almost anything to eat. And have you ever been so hungry for hope or for some kind of guidance from God that you would like gratefully take whatever scrap of hope or connection that you can find? Let's just take a minute to meditate on what it might feel like to like urgently hope for and expect like the comfort and the direction of the Spirit and then invite the Spirit to show up in places where we could really use her right now. Go ahead. benediction. Go in peace, wash your hands, love your neighbor, 
You are not alone.